God Almighty, great are thy wonders and we marvel at thy wisdom, O Lord. Thy great plan of salvation that was so perfect and cannot be improved upon. We thank thee that we are privileged that able to proclaim this again and again, that whosoever will may come and avail themselves of the salvation that is in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. For without him there is no hope. Thine be the glory forevermore. We ask and pray to bless the service in Jesus' name. Amen. special occasion I like to read and meditate with the Lord's help on the word of God as recorded in John chapter 18 and since the coverage is large beginning with verse 28 John chapter 18 verse 28 Just by way of introduction, <clears throat> today people call this day Good Friday, and it's supposed to commemorate the suffering and dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday was called the Palm Sunday. It is the occasion where the Bible records where the multitudes welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem. And they cried, Hosanna, blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Where was the multitude when they crucified him? The multitude there cried, crucify him. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is coming, sun is being remembered, first day of the week. We begin with verse 28, but before that we read that Jesus had the Lord's Supper that he instituted with his disciples. He was betrayed by Judas, one of his disciples, and they did come then and arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane where he prayed. And we continue now with verse 28. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas, the high priest, unto the hall of judgment, that is the Roman hall of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves were not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring you against this man? They answered and said unto him, if he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? 
Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a kingdom? Jesus answered, Thou seest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But you have a custom, that I should release unto you one of at the Passover. Do you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then they cried all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. He continued to chapter 19. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plotted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe, and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests therefore and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Then Pilate therefore heard that saying, He was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then said Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath a greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king, speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought, forth Jesus, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? 
the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And with that in his cross went forth unto a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they parted my railings among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now they stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Then Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and he filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high, an high day, besought Pilate that the legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came thereout blood and water. And he that saw the record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he said true, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture said, They shall look on him whom they pierced. 
And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the Jews, fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came out some Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took to the body of Jesus, and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre, wherein never man yet laid. Then laid the Jesus therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. I've read to the end of chapter 19. The Passover. The religious Jews still keep that feast of Passover, which commemorates the liberation of Israel from the slavery in Egypt when the Lord did signs and wonders on Pharaoh and Egypt, and the last of which was the slaying of the firstborn in the land, of beast and man. And he charged the Israelites that they, on the fourteenth day, after the first new moon, the first new moon after the spring equinox, <coughs> that they should kill a lamb take some of the blood and mark the side door of the doors and the lintel with blood and remain inside that house because that night the destroying angel of the Lord would come and, and kill all the firstborns of beast and man believe that. And they were spared. For the destroyer, when he saw the blood, he passed over that house. And that's how the name came about, the Passover. And the destroyer passed over when he saw the blood. And this was a foreshadowing of the sacrifice that would be given the shedding of the blood. Just that Without the resurrection of Christ, without the crucifixion and dying for our sin, our faith would be vain. This whole Bible would not make any sense. It says in one of the verses, if that's the case, if Christ is not risen, after suffering that terrible death, then we are most miserable. Christians are the most miserable people on earth because throughout history they were persecuted for that faith. And he concludes and says, if that's the case, then let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And being of utmost importance, the Lord saw to it that the record would be unmistakably of the events that had taken place. And we marvel at God's wisdom 
how it came to pass. During Passover, history tells us that they estimated more than a million people would convert in Jerusalem for that feast. And although they tried to kill Jesus on different occasions, and although they said, let's not do it on the Passover, let's not do the feast, lest there be an uproar, it had to be that way. It had to come that way. People were used against their will to fulfill the plan of God. As it was prophesied throughout scripture beginning right after the fall in the garden. More and more prophecies, more specific prophecies. And prophecies that at the time did not make any sense. But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, and it had to be. Israel had to be again in their land, <clears throat> a worship system set up, the law being proclaimed, but they had to be under Roman rule. They had to be under Roman rule. Then, when the Jews sat here, in, verse, in chapter 18, <clears throat> then said Pilate, then take him and judge him according to your law. The Jews were allowed certain privilege under the Romans. And they could judge, they could judge people to stripes, to beating, to scourging. They could discipline them and so forth, but they were not allowed to kill them under the Romans. And that's why we understand here it says, Then Pilate said unto them, Take him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It's not lawful for us to put a man to death. Under Roman law, they were not allowed to do that. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying that then he should die. And if you look in the prophecies, the way he should die was not the way the law of Moses said. In the law of Moses, anybody worthy of death for cursing father and mother, for saying blasphemy, for doing work on the Sabbath, was to be stoned. Was to be stoned. But the prophecies and Jesus' own saying, when he said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. That includes everyone here. He will draw it was going to be crucifixion, which at the time when the law was given was not really known. But it was a Roman practice to, <clears throat> to the people that they conquered. If they did something worthy in their eyes of death, 
that even the thieves, even stealing, perhaps from the Romans, that's punishment by death of being crucified. And the foreshadowing we find also in, in the law, <clears throat> when the people murmured and God sent serpents and they bit them and they died and he commanded, Moses pleaded with God and he said, make yourself a pole and a serpent, raised serpent, and he who looks at it after his bitten shall not die. Again, God asking something. Again, that was a foreshadowing. And Jesus said it. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall also the Son of Man be lifted up. And it only could happen with the Romans being in charge. And God foreshadowed that it would be such a public event that Paul could say afterwards, when he was before King testifying his own conversion, he says, this did not happen in the corner. It happened right at the Passover. Against the wishes of the rulers, Right at Passover, with all the people there, and a crucifixion lifted up. It wasn't just a story, a tumult, a people would say something is happening here and could be tucked out of the way. Oh, he wasn't really dead. It had to be crucifixion up for everyone to see. And it had to be done by the Romans, who were masters at crucifying. Pilate was a, a hard man. History tells us he was a very hard man. He was not easily talked into this. But seems to be history tells us at that time he was very vulnerable, very vulnerable to, <clears throat> to being accused of not being a friend of Caesar. Because the Romans emperors, the practice was of them when a new emperor came, they would do away with the appointments that had done previously and gave them to their favorite people. And it appears, according to history, <coughs> that the current Roman ruler had lived uh, a depraved life on the, on the island of Capri. And that those in charge those in charge to run the government there had conspired to depose him. And when he was informed of it, he had, had that conspirator killed right in the Senate. And then, of course, all the appointments were in question. And that's why Pilate also buckled under when he was accused to be a, a friend of Caesar. Pilate was quite tough. And when he accused him, he didn't want to kill Jesus. He thought he could, after scourging him, suffice the desire of punishment of the people. But when he brought him out, and scourging was a terrible thing. We are told that scourging involved a, a whip with several lower tongues, with little pieces of metal and bone pieces attached to it, and they would have an able-bodied soldier who knew what he was doing, whipping and hurting to a bloody mess those that were scourged. And Pilate thought that was enough. But no, they wanted to crucify him, crucify him. Those hypocrites, and Jesus 
are so justified in calling hypocrites. They are so particular about not entering the judgment hall of the Romans, lest they be defiled. Uh, because a Jew, if he would touch anything that was not proper, he could not partake of the Passover. Uh, he could not partake of the Passover. They were so particular that they went over and said, crucify him, crucify him. <clears throat> and after examination, Pilate had to say, I find no fault in him. I need mean, to release him. <clears throat> he questioned Jesus about him, and Jesus told him, my kingdom is not of this world. And that said it for Pilate. That said it for him. He was no threat. To the Romans, my kingdom is not of this world. <coughs> Therefore Pilate said unto him, Are thou a kingdom? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate said, Then what is truth? Jesus, the light that came into the world. Jesus that lights every man that comes into this world and shows man what this condition is, but also shows him a way out. Jesus, who told Thomas and his disciples that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He truly is the truth, the witnesses of the truth. And the whole Bible, you can only understand it through Jesus Christ. He brings everything together. Everything together. But his kingdom is not of this world. And so many nominal Christians act as if, as if the kingdom was of this world. We have to be careful that we're not trapped into that. My kingdom is not of this world. <clears throat> the real accusation, the only accusation that they thought that they had, because all the other accusations did prove wrong, even in their counsel, with their determination and will to have him condemned, nothing could really prove him guilty. Finally, in desperation, we read in our gospel, the high priest said, Art thou the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed, the Son of God? He did not heard that probably before. And he said, Thou sayest it. He said, You have heard it. He spoke blasphemy. What you think he's worthy of? Dead, they said. But they couldn't kill him because the Romans were in charge. So finally did come out here, says. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate ever heard that saying, he was the more afraid. And then again they judged my heart and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave no answer. So we see that the, the fundamental truth, the necessary truth, that he is the Son of God, 
that's the reason they in their unbelief thought it was blasphemy and wanted him dead. And the Lord Moses said blasphemy, we should die. But they could not kill him themselves. It had to be the Roman way. <clears throat> Jesus answered that critics have no power at all against me except it were given me from above. Who gives power from above? Can you see how that things can be turned around now that they are going to be in judgment? soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without sleeve, from top to bottom, and they cast lots for the coat because they didn't want to cut it up. Again, a prophecy that tells us, and that could not be Jewish people killing him. Because a Jew, anything there to be touched would be undefiled. The Jew didn't want to be undefiled. We see in the story of the Good Samaritan how they took a way around lest they were defiled in touching that man that was robbed by the robbers. Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished. And we see what a terrible death Jesus had to die. And the question is, why did it have to be so terrible? Why was it, why could it not have been done in the more as now there is a human way? Even stoning would have been easier. Why such a terrible death? Why did he have to die? You know, <clears throat> the Muslims believe that Jesus is a prophet, but that he didn't die. Somebody else was substituted. No. First of all, the Muslims don't believe that God had a son. They believe he was a righteous person. But God would not let a righteous person die such a miserable death. More and more Jews, studied Jews, are fascinated by the account of Jesus. Some will even go that far and say, he loved the people, he loved his nation, he thought he was a good teacher. But that he died at such a miserable death, no, no. Let alone be the Son of God. Why the Son of God had to die such a miserable death? Couldn't God just forgive and let be? If you ask that, you ask God to change what he is. And although nothing is impossible with God, the implication is nothing is impossible with God that doesn't go against his character. God cannot deny himself. 
A just and holy God requires that justice be done. When we receive knowledge of good and evil, nowadays if a terrible calamity happens that somebody commits, there is a desire in us that justice has to be done. Even the worst criminals feel that justice has to be done. We are easy to judge others. We are quick to judge others. But there is that, that feeling in us that justice has to be done, otherwise we are restless. And we take certain satisfaction when we hear that those that have committed a horrendous crime, especially against innocent children, that justice was done. God feels for every sin that is committed in his whole creation. David, after he sinned grievously, he said, against me have I sinned, against me. God cares, it matters to him that his creature that has been created in his own image is hurt by somebody. It matters to God. He is just and holy. So how can he forgive? God found a way and planned it right from the beginning that there would have to be a substitute. And Israel was taught throughout history, was taught that they had to sacrifice, they had to give something, something had to take a place. When they were guilty, something had to take a place. Blood had to be shed. They were taught that. But the scripture tells us that that was only sufficient to the cleansing of the body here and to appease them for the time being. But truly, to be able to forgive, sin has to be judged and has to be paid for. Here comes the idea of the substitute, of the perfect sacrifice. It had to be a human. It had to be somebody that did not, was not affected by the sin of Adam. Because the Bible tells us, because Adam sinned, sin passed on all. There is a sin from Adam which passed on to all. But then each one also added to that by sinning himself. And if somebody thinks that he has not sinned, then look at Jesus, who is the perfect example of living without sin. Can you measure up to that? He says, all have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. <clears throat> so then that perfect substitute had to be a human, and it was only possible by God sending his son, a sinless beginning. A sinless beginning. But it had to be also a willing sacrifice. Those sacrifices that were done under the law, they were as humanly possible killed and bled and sacrificed so that they would suffer hardly. We read how careful the Jews were in doing that. 
that this had to be a willing sacrifice, a willing substitute. God would not just take somebody and substitute him. His only son was the one that had to be a willing sacrifice. And how is our will tested? When things go easy? No. When things go hard. And this sacrifice was so willing to suffer all that unto the end. All that. At any point during those events, he could have called 12 legions of angels and set him free. But that lingering death, that lingering suffer, continually he was willing to remain there. And was made perfect, the Bible said, to suffering. That sacrifice was made perfect to suffering. A tabloid, more than anybody could. And then at the end, at the end, on top, the Bible tells us, God laid the iniquity of us all on him. And that's the one where it cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Nobody has to experience that. A willing sacrifice right unto the end. And then was the transfer made. God himself made the transfer. God laid upon him the nucleus all. But the people saw, they saw the suffering, they saw the terrible dead, but they could not see when God laid our iniquity, our sins on him. That must be believed. And without that, there is no salvation. says in Romans <laughs> Jesus Christ who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification and the proof us that he is the son of God God gave himself concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and remember as it was prophesied unto us a child is born unto us a son is given the child was born because Jesus had to come in the flesh but the Son was given because he was eternal. God gave his Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have life everlasting. <clears throat> to declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. That clinched it. When God did resurrect him, it is a sign to us that this sacrifice was sufficient. 
it was sufficient. A just and holy God is justified to forgive us on the basis of the substitution of Jesus Christ to suffer and die for our sins. And to remind us again and again, he instituted the Lord's Supper where we should remember his suffering and dying, where we should examine ourselves and consider the great sacrifice that was done, lest we regard it lightly and go astray. It's only two sacraments that the Lord instituted for his followers. One was the baptism of faith, and the other, the Lord's Supper. And without believing, there is no salvation, there is no hope. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with a confession, with a smart confession, unto salvation. And that call goes forth. And he regards that sacrifice that has been so well planned and instituted. He disregards this as nothing. We'll have to face that same Jesus. And what will the answer be when it says, when you heard that, when you knew that, what did you do with it? May the Lord bless his word to him by the honor and glory. Amen. It says in one of the verses, if that's the case, if Christ is not risen after suffering that terrible death, then we are most miserable. Christians are the most miserable people on earth because throughout history they were persecuted for that faith. And he concludes and says, if that's the case, then let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And being of utmost importance, the Lord saw to it that the record would be unmistakably of the events that had taken place. And we marvel at God's wisdom, how it came to pass. <clears throat> During Passover, history tells us that the estimated more than a million people would converge on Jerusalem for that feast. And although they tried to kill Jesus on different occasions, and although they said, let's not do it on the Passover, let's not do it on the feast, lest there be an uproar, it had to be that way. It had to come that way. People were used against their will to fulfill the plan of God, as it was prophesied throughout Scripture beginning right after the fall in the garden. More and more prophecies, more specific prophecies, and prophecies that at the time did not make any sense. But when the fullness of time came, 
God sent his son, and it had to be. Israel had to be again in their land, a worship system set up, the law being proclaimed, but they had to be under Roman rule. They had to be under Roman rule. When, when the Jews said here in verse in chapter eighteen, <clears throat> then said Pilate to them, "Take him and judge him according to your law." The Jews were allowed certain privilege under the Romans. And they could judge, they could judge people to stripes, to beating, to scourging. They could discipline them and so forth, but they were not allowed to kill them under the Romans. And that's why we understand here it says, Then Pilate said unto them, Take him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It's not lawful for us to put a man to death. Under Roman law, they were not allowed to do that. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what dead he should die. And if you look in the prophecies, the way he should die was not the way the law of Moses said. In the law of Moses, anybody worthy of death for cursing father and mother, for saying blasphemy, for doing work on the Sabbath, was to be stoned. Was to be stoned. But the prophecies and Jesus' own saying, when he said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. That includes everyone here. He will draw them. It was going to be crucifixion, which at the time when the law was given was not really known. But it was a Roman practice to to the people that they conquered. If they did something worthy in their eyes of death, we read even the thieves, even stealing, perhaps from the Romans, was punishment by death of being crucified. And the foreshadowing we find also in in the law, when the people murmured and God sent serpents and they bit them and they died and he commanded, Moses pleaded with God and he said, make yourself a pole and a serpent, brazen serpent, and he who looks at it after he's bitten shall not die. Again, God asking something. Again, that was a foreshadowing. And Jesus said it. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall also the Son of Man be lifted up. And it only could happen with the Romans being in charge. And God saw though it that it would be such a public event that Paul could say afterwards, when he was before King testifying his own conversion, says, this did not happen in a corner. It happened right at the Passover. Against the wishes of the rulers, Right at Passover, with all the people there, and a crucifixion lifted up. 
It wasn't just a stoning, a tumult, where people would say, oh, something is happening here and could be tucked out of the way. Oh, he wasn't really dead. It had to be crucifixion up for everyone to see. And it had to be done by the Romans, who were masters at crucifying. <clears throat> now, Pilate was a, a hard man. History tells us he was a very hard man. He was not easily talked into this. But it seems to be history tells us at that time he was very vulnerable, very vulnerable to, <clears throat> to being accused of not being a friend of Caesar. Because the Roman emperors, the practice was of them, <clears throat> when a new emperor came, they would do away with the appointments that had done previously and gave them to their favorite people. And it appears, according to history, <clears throat> that the current Roman ruler had lived a, a depraved life on the, on the island of Capri, and that those in charge those in charge to run the government there had conspired to depose him. And he, when he was informed of it, he had, had that conspirator killed right in the Senate. And then, of course, all the appointments were in question. And that's why Pilate also buckled under when he was accused to be a, a friend of Caesar. Pilate was quite tough. But when they accused him, he didn't want to kill Jesus. He thought he could, after scourging him, suffice the desire of punishment of the people. But when he brought him out, and scourging was a terrible thing. We are told that scourging involved a, a whip with several leather tongues, with little pieces of metal and bone pieces attached to it, and they would have an able-bodied soldier who knew what he was doing, whipping and herding to a bloodied mess those that were scourged. And Pilate thought that was enough. But no, they want him dead. Crucify him, crucify him. Those hypocrites, and Jesus was so justified in calling hypocrites, they were so particular about not entering the judgment hall of the Romans, lest they be defiled. You know, because a Jew, if he would touch anything that was not proper, he could not partake of the Passover. You know, he could not partake of the Passover. They were so particular, but they went over and said, crucify him, crucify him. <clears throat> and after examination, Pilate had to say, I find no fault in him. And he wanted to release him. <clears throat> he questioned Jesus about him. And Jesus told him, my kingdom is not of this world. And that settled it for Pilate. That settled it for him. He was no threat to the Romans. My kingdom is not of this world. <clears throat> Now, 
Therefore Pilate said unto him, Art thou a king? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? Jesus, the light that came into the world. Jesus that lights every man that comes into this world and shows man what this condition is but also shows him a way out. Jesus, who told Thomas and his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He truly is the truth. He witnesses of the truth. And the whole Bible, you can only understand it through Jesus Christ. He brings everything together. Everything together. But his kingdom is not of this world. And so many nominal Christians act as if, as if the kingdom was of this world. We have to be careful that we're not dragged into that. My kingdom is not of this world. The real accusation The only accusation that they thought that they had, because all the other accusations did prove wrong, even in their counsel, with their determination and will to have him condemned, nothing could really prove him guilty. Finally, in desperation, we read in another gospel, the high priest said, Art thou the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed, meaning the Son of God. They had heard that probably before. And he said, thou sayest it. He said, you have heard it. He spoke blasphemy. What you think he's worthy of? Dead, they said. But they couldn't kill him because the Romans were in charge. So finally it did come out here, says, The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate ever heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. So we see the, the, the fundamental truth, the necessary truth, that he is the son of God. That's the reason they, in their unbelief, thought it was blasphemy and wanted him dead. And the law of Moses said blasphemy, they should die. But they could not kill him themselves. It had to be the Roman way. <clears throat> Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Who gives power from above? Can you see how that things can be turned around now? That they are going to be in judgment. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from top to bottom, and they cast lot for the coat because they didn't want to cut it up. Again, a prophecy that tells us 
And that could not be Jewish people killing him. Because a Jew, anything that he would touch would be undefiled. The Jew didn't want to be undefiled. We see in the story of the Good Samaritan how they took a way around lest they be defiled in touching that man that was robbed by the robbers. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished. And we see what a terrible death Jesus had to die. And the question is, why did it have to be so terrible? Why was it, why could it not have been done in a more, as now there was a humane way? Even stoning would have been easier. Why such a terrible death? Why did he have to die? You know, the Muslims believe that Jesus is a prophet, but that he didn't die. Somebody else was substituted. No. First of all, the Muslims don't believe that God had a son. They believe he was a righteous person. But God would not let a righteous person die such a miserable death. More and more Jews, study Jews, are fascinated by the account of Jesus. Some will even go that far and say, he loved the people, he loved this nation, he thought he was a good teacher. But that he died at such a miserable death, no, no. Let alone be the Son of God. Why the Son of God had to die such a miserable death? Couldn't God just forgive and let be? If you ask that, you ask God to change what he is. And although nothing is impossible with God, the implication is nothing is impossible with God that doesn't go against his character. God cannot deny himself. A just and holy God requires that justice be done. When we received knowledge of good and evil, nowadays if a terrible calamity happens that somebody commits, there is a desire in us that justice has to be done. Even the worst criminals feel that justice has to be done. We are easy to judge others. We are quick to judge others. But there is that, that feeling in us that justice has to be done, otherwise we are restless. And we take certain satisfaction when we hear that those that have committed a horrendous crime, especially against innocent children, that justice was done. How do you think God feels for every sin that is committed in his whole creation? 
David, after he sinned grievously, he said, against thee have I sinned, against thee. God cares. It matters to him when his creature that has been created in his own image is hurt by somebody. It matters to God. He's just and holy. So how can he then forgive? God found a way and planned it right from the beginning that it would have to be a substitute. And Israel was taught throughout history, was taught that they had to sacrifice, they had to give something, something had to take a place. When they were guilty, something had to take a place. Blood had to be shed. They were taught that. But the scripture tells us that that was only sufficient to the cleansing of the body here and to appease them for the time being. But truly, to be able to forgive, sin has to be judged and has to be paid for. And here comes the idea of the substitute, of the perfect sacrifice. It had to be a human. It had to be somebody that did not, was not affected by the sin of Adam. Because the Bible tells us, because Adam sinned, sin passed on all. There is a sin of Adam which passed on to all. But then each one also added to that by sinning himself. And if somebody thinks that he has not sinned, then look at Jesus, who is the perfect example of living without sin. Can you measure up to that? He says, all have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. <clears throat> so then that perfect substitute had to be a human, and it was only possible by God sending his son, a sinless beginning, a sinless beginning. But it had to be also a willing sacrifice. Those sacrifices that were done under the law, they were, as humanly possible, killed and bled and sacrificed so that they would suffer hardly. We read how careful the Jews were in doing that. But this had to be a willing sacrifice, a willing substitute. God would not just take somebody and substitute them. His only son was the one that had to be a willing sacrifice. And how is our will tested? When things go easy? No. When things go hard. And this sacrifice was so willing to suffer all that unto the end. All that. At any point during those events, he could have called 12 legions of angels and set him free. But that lingering death, that lingering suffer, continually he was willing to remain there and was made perfect, the Bible says, of suffering. That sacrifice was made perfect through suffering, a terrible way, more than anybody could. 
And then at the end, at the end, on top, the Bible tells us, God laid the iniquity of us all on him. And that's the one where he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Nobody has to experience that. A willing sacrifice right unto the end. And then was the transfer made. God himself made a transfer. God laid upon him the iniquitous all. But the people saw. They saw the suffering. They saw the terrible death. But they could not see when God laid our iniquity, our sins on him. That must be believed. And without that, there is no salvation. The Bible says in Romans Jesus Christ, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. And the proof to us that he is the Son of God, God gave himself concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. And remember, as it was prophesied, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The child was born because Jesus had to come in the flesh. But the son was given because he was eternal. God gave his son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have life everlasting. To declare to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. That clinched it. That when God did resurrect him, it is the sign to us that the sacrifice was sufficient. It was sufficient. A just and holy God is justified to forgive us on the basis of the substitution of Jesus Christ to suffer and die for our sins. And to remind us again and again, he instituted the Lord's Supper where we should remember his suffering and dying, where we should examine ourselves and consider the great sacrifice that was done lest we regard it lightly and go astray. It's only two sacraments that the Lord instituted for his followers. One was the baptism of faith and the other the Lord's Supper. And without believing, there is no salvation, there is no hope. For with the heart, 
Man believeth unto righteousness. And with a confession, with his mouth confession, unto salvation. And that call goes forth. And he who regards that sacrifice that has been so well planned and instituted, he, he, who disregards this as nothing, will have to face that same Jesus. And what will be the answer be? He says, when you heard that, when you knew that, what did you do with it? May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory. Amen.